That's Lauren. And that's Lachlan. And this is We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Each episode, we're going to reread a chapter of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, and talk about it. It's a deep dive analysis, so it's a little more complex than just talking about it. Okay, fine. No need to go all daughter of Athena on me. Either way, grab your nectar and ambrosia and settle in for this episode of... We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of We Actually Vaporize Our Podcast. I'm Lachlan. I'm Lauren. And let's get into it. This week, yes. we are reading Chapter 5, I Play Pinochle with a Horse. Now, Lauren, did I pronounce that correctly? Pinochle. Pinochle? That's how my dad's always said it when he taught me how to play. Knockle? It's a fu- Pinochle. Pinochle. <laughs> oh. Now I'm questioning it. Oh. I'm questioning it. <laughs> That's my job is to make you question everything that that you ever say. This is revenge for the Brunner thing, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, I hate you. I'm going to have to Google this later. (laughs) Well, while Lauren sits and ponders everything that she's ever done, let's get into the summary. So we're starting up two days after Percy's fight with a Minotaur when he wakes up in Camp Half-Blood. We're introduced to a couple of new characters and reintroduced to an old one in a new light. And Percy finally gets a slight answer about what's going on, but really it just creates infinitely more questions than he already had. And that was the best I could do without like spoiling everything. I I love how like professional that sounded with like, and we get reintroduced to one character in the new light. (laughs) Don't judge me. Don't mock me for my use of the English language. No, I think I'm going to mock you for your use of the English language. Uh, that's fine. I can I can get you back in person. When? Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Zoom counts as in person. We do have days. another Zoom later tonight for different things. So we do. It's Friday. Oh, it's Friday. <laughs> you guys haven't given me like a concrete schedule. Guys, so I'm I'm so sorry. They're just having to listen to Lauren and I figure out our schedules because college is hard, especially when half of it's virtual. Yeah. All right. Well, back on track to Percy. Yes. His problems are much yes, worse than ours because you don't really care about what we're doing. You're here for Percy Jackson. So, or if you care about what we're doing, then it's weird. Then it's weird. <laughs> anyway, so we start off with Percy having dreams about barnyard animals somewhere to kill him and the rest wanting food which as we all know that one wanting food is grover and I, I love how like most of his dreams are like they're like not prophecies but they're like semi-prophetic or however mm-hmm. you say that word or he sees and what people are doing in other places yeah they're like used as plot device and that's like a theme across all of our great mm-hmm. books but like the fact that this dream is just like just barnyard, barnyard animals <laughs> I'm just imagining. Did you ever watch um, back at the barnyard? Yes. Yes. I'm imagining like like the cows walking around two feet with like a pitchfork like coming after you. (laughs) That that's what I imagine this would look like. I don't know why I was thinking of backyardigans there. Oh no, I do love the backyardigans though. That is a top tier children's show. Highly recommend. (laughs) I would still watch it if I had a way to. That's just us in college like, just watching backyardigans. You just want to remember those times when you were a kid and didn't realize how great how great life was. But oh wow. I realized how great life was. Mm. I think I had I think moments. So. I just remember complaining a lot about Caillou. That was most of my childhood. 
Oh, we had to watch it every single day before school in like kindergarten and first grade. It was awful. Awful. You know, I had to skip that. (laughs) All right. So Percy wakes up somewhere and this girl, the same girl from when he first arrived at the camp is spoon feeding him buttered popcorn, but pudding form. Which is someone who hates popcorn. That sounds terrible, but Percy seemed to love it. So, well, like, you do you. Well, I'm assuming that's not actually buttered popcorn flavored. It's that thing that we can't talk about it being. Um, <laughs> well, yes, we'll obviously. It later. But the, the flavor, though, of buttered popcorn, it's not that appealing to me. But, you know, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, no, I, I like buttered popcorn, but I don't think I'd like it in pudding form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I love how like he wakes up and she's not even like, "Are you okay?" She's just like immediately interrogating him. She's yes. like, "I got my priorities straight. This is what I need to know, and you're gonna tell me otherwise. I'm mm-hmm. gonna hold the the buttered popcorn pudding hostage." Yes, this is also the and second then, time that someone has questioned Percy about some sort of stolen item. Though at least this time she's not also trying to kill him like Mrs. Dodds was. So true, slightly better true. off now. But still, like, again, that idea of something stolen and there's something going on at the summer solstice, which mm-hmm. I love. Like, they're asking this, like, uh, 12-year-old about the summer solstice. Meanwhile, when I was at home, I had no clue what a solstice was. Like, mm-hmm. they, they would have been like, what's going on at the summer solstice? And I would be like, what, what's a solstice? <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's different, different calendars, d- different lifestyles. Are we talking about five seconds of summer? Um, <laughs> what are we talking about here? <laughs> Uh, so at least this time Percy can finally be the one that doesn't answer someone else's question yes so I'm proud of him for that <laughs> he finally gets to do that to somebody else about having it happen to him and then in the yes. corner we have this guy who looks like a surfer watching over everything but he has eyes all over the, vis- the visible parts of his body you could possibly assume that they're other places as well <laughs> yeah it's one of those like if you know greek mythology you know mm-hmm. who that is um but i think they reintroduce him later yes oh no he definitely comes okay. up several more times but it is a very weird thing to just look at for that yeah, half a second visually, just like in between dreaming about barnyard animals trying to kill you that happens yeah <laughs> so um, once again all these weird random things that no one really explains to him they all suck at answering questions. Yep. <laughs> all right. So then we have Percy has exited the house or wherever it is that he was. He's now outside. Love how yeah, he I says, love it, like, we have this unconscious little boy. Maybe he wants some sunlight. Let's put him on the porch today. Let's put him on the porch. Uh, yeah, just leave him out there. He doesn't know where he is. This is fine. We'll just move him around randomly. <laughs> Oh, but I love the description of his mouth feeling like a scorpion had been using it for a nest. Like, oh. But isn't but isn't that how we all feel when we when we wake up? Like your I mouth is just like weirdly dry and like has that taste in it, and you're just like, I don't remember eating rotten eggs. I mean, I don't know if I would describe it as scorpion nest like. Like that that is a very strong description for someone who has lived in New York City. He's not even like from out west like the desert where scorpions may be he's like where does he get this from i loved your little pause there of trying to figure out where would scorpions be from i was gonna name a state and then i was scared that i would pick a wrong state 
because I'm from South Carolina, where literally we had South Carolina geography and nothing else. So I know very little about geography, both of the country and the world. It's really yeah. great. I did very Education little system at its finest. Yep. So Percy like wakes up and he's finally up for for real and he sees his friend Grover and he's like, oh, cool, Grover's here. Because um, Percy has his priorities straight. Yeah. So Grover looks pretty uh, chill. He doesn't look like a goat boy. This is all fine. Nothing exactly. happened. Maybe it we was had a nightmare. To, we had to go to this other house for a reason. I don't know why. I'm sure my mom will tell me, right? Yeah. And then Grover's like, hey, thanks for saving my life. I got this for you. And he hands him the black and white bull's horn. And he's like, well, all that was real then. Yeah. So much for my small, small moment of hope. Yeah. Oh um, and I love that. Like, you just saved my life. Your mom is now dead. Here's a horn. <laughs> you earned this, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like, this is yours. You're going to want to keep this, definitely. Yeah. This is the momentum you want from this occasion. Yeah. Not you, like, my mom alive or anything. Just, just yeah. his horn. I'm fine with that. And so he's looking out at the valley and describing how beautiful everything looks and he's like the world shouldn't be this beautiful my mom is gone nothing will ever be okay ever again which is like like pure emo boy moments uh, from percy but just i mean you can you get it though like she is one of the very few people in his life that has actually cared about him and supported him and everything the only yeah honestly and now she's just gone in this insane way and he's like how can anything look normal so many things are happening that I don't understand. There was this minotaur, yeah. my mom got murdered, and everything else looks normal around me. That doesn't and make then, any sense. <laughs> and then Grover... Oh, Grover. Um, stamps his foot, confirms that he's a satyr first, stamps his foot, and then his shoe comes off, <laughs> and he can see that he's got hooves. And it's like this, again, this reassurance that it is still real. Mm-hmm. Which Percy needed because Grover decided while in the only safe place for him in the world that he's going to put on fake feet. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I my, my thought about this was that maybe he was trying to slowly bring Percy up to speed by starting out in his human disguise so that Percy would be like shocked back awake. You know, no, maybe he was trying to be supportive a little bit. I think that's the wrong move. I think you should just, you know, <laughs> dive into it. Check it out. I got hooves. Well, you know, I, I think the night on the hill was really him diving into it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so Percy's like, okay, so it is real. This sh- this sucks. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes, like, so my mom did actually die. He's alone. And he's like, my only option, I guess, is to live with Smelly Gabe. And then, of course, he realizes, I'm not doing that. Yeah. And he says, which is one of my, like, favorite Percy things. I'm sorry. Like, this this line here. Which is, I would pretend to be 17 and join the army. And it's like, dude. Well, I think that's another example. Mm -hmm. Continue. I I think this whole paragraph here is just another example of just how awful Gabe was to him. Because he says right before that, I would rather live on the streets than go and live with Gabe. So it's just another example of just how terrible Gabe was to him and how dangerous and abusive that relationship was. Relationship is like stepfather, son. I Ugh. know, but like, and I know I don't want to diminish anything you're saying, but I just love the idea that Percy thinks that he could he could pull off 
being that 17. Is, yes, and he is only 12. Army. Yes, trying to be 17 yeah. is a bit of a stretch at this point. So I and do agree like with you on self, that. And he's like self-described him. And like later on in the other books in this book, even he'll say like he's shorter than some people. Mm-hmm. So it's like he's a scrawny little 12-year-old. But no yeah, way he's it, it would like, be quite a challenge to do. Let alone 17. Yeah, no. Yeah. Which I just... I just always found that line really, like, funny. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And then, so he gets another drink. And this tastes like homemade blue chocolate chip cookies, like his mom made. But it looks like apple juice. Which, okay, and I get, like, this. that's, like, a great experience to have. Mm-hmm. But personally, when things look one way and taste a different way. Oh, it's disgusting. Like, textures, but I hate it. It's it so gross. Me. Like, I... I don't think I could do that. Like yeah. this is the one thing. It's like I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my uh, broken leg here. I'll just put a cast on it. Like I can't eat that that stuff anymore. And they're like, but it tastes so good. And I'm like, yeah, but it tastes weird and wrong. I can't emotionally. Well, eat. it does say that he recoils at first, and then he's like, oh wait, no, this is like my mom's cookies. And you know who I don't have anymore? My mom. Let me enjoy <laughs> this moment for a little bit longer. Because <laughs> even says like it feels like. She just brushed her hand across his cheek and gave him a cookie when he was a little boy and told him that everything was going to be okay. True. True. He's just trying to have one one last little moment where he can think about her in this positive, happy light. And so then, so after he finishes it, Grover's like, okay, you know, that's great that you, you say you're feeling better. I don't think we should risk you drinking any more of that stuff. And Percy's like, um, what do you mean? And once again... There's no yeah. answer. There's no answer. Grover takes the glass from him as if it was dynamite and sets it on the table and just doesn't answer. Like, should, should we start a tracker of the number oh, of times? Oh, you have been? What are we at now? We're, we're, up to, we're up to two right now. So it's not that bad yet. It's okay. also like nothing's really happened yet where he's had a, And like one of them wasn't even really a question. He was just like, but why? And then Grover was like, oh, here, drink this. Yeah. Um. So he didn't really get the chance to ask a question. But I, I did keep a tracker. Um, and I also could be wrong, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's so annoying. Is that just for this chapter or the whole short. book so far? Oh, no, that's just this chapter. Oh, okay. I was about to say, there's way more. We've talked about this like three times every episode. Okay. Maybe, maybe we'll go back this, sometime this This chapter week. and the next chapter, I believe, are like the worst mm. offenders. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes sense. He is being introduced at this point to everything. Yeah. So it's like, this is where he'd ask the most questions. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so they go to see Chiron and Mr. D. Yes. Um, and he describes Mr. D, and he, first of all, he describes, like, Camp Half-Blood as, like, this beautiful place. There's a sand pit where people are playing volleyball. There's canoes. There are people, like, just randomly chasing each other. There's archery. There's all this stuff. And it, he's describing it as, like, this picture-perfect summer camp, and I just mm-hmm. wanted to appreciate that for a second. Oh, it um, sounds like the most fun place. <laughs> it does. And there are just people riding horses, and mm-hmm. the horses that win. Yeah. And I mean, I know back at the very beginning of the book, when Percy's like, this isn't fun, like, you don't want to be like me. And then we get to this, and I'm like, but I want to be, like, that sounds like a lot of, not all of it sounds fun, but this sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, like that. I want to go to that summer camp. That's like a cool summer camp. Dude, there are people that actually get to go to Camp Half, but like real life summer camps. And I never got to be that person. And I'm too old and I will like forever be sad about that. We need like an adult version so it's not weird and creepy. If there are a bunch yes. of 20 year olds running around. 
Um, so he describes Mr. D as this like fat middle-aged white dude wearing a tiger pattern Hawaiian shirt. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, and that's Mr. D. We'll learn more about it later, but he's the camp director. And then he said, and then Grover says that girl over there is Annabeth Chase. She's just a camper, but she's been there longer than anyone. And Danny points out, and you know, Kyron. And Percy instantly calls him the wrong name. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also like, I get that. Like, you've known this guy as Brunner. Then to Mm -hmm. immediately say, like, no, this is Kyron. is like, this is Brunner. Yeah. Though technically, like, he wasn't introduced to him as Chiron. Oh, wait, nope, nope, I can't read. I can't read. (laughs) You already know Chiron. Yeah. Um, We're going to ignore everything I just said (laughs) real quick. So then they play Pinochle. Um, which I played Pinochle, and it's a very complicated game. Like every card game is complicated in its own way, but Pinochle is complicated, like in the way that, like when we play at home, we play with a modified set of rules that works with us, and we have like a cheat sheet near us. Because um, you have to remember like how to bid. You have to keep track of the bidding, keep track of the winnings, keep track of the amount of tricks you get, keep track of the royal marriages, the twos, the everything, and it's just it's very complicated. This sounds like a lot of effort. And then you gotta remember what suit is Trump. So it's like you gotta include that also. It's it's a whole thing. Oh my. Yeah. But going back, I had a I had a couple notes about all the characters. Oh, sorry. If it's okay that I share them. First off, I say I, no. I feel a little bit heartbroken that you skipped over one of the most iconic, well-known lines of all of these books. Is when Percy interacts with Annabeth. I did not reach that yet. That does not happen until after they introduce the Pinochle game. So he said he sits down and he's like, oh, we're going to have four for Pinochle. Mm-hmm. Um, then Mr. D is like, oh, well, we're not going to half flog. And then Mr. Brunner goes, this young lady nursed you back to health. Why don't, Annabeth, can you go put check on Percy's bunk? Uh. And then he goes into a description of her. And then, at least for me, it's on the next page where she where she's all like he's all like oh she's gonna be so impressed with me (laughs) i will say i don't love the way that this whole chapter set up just because it feels like everyone's been introduced like three separate times so you have here's everybody now we're gonna stop talking about other things and we're gonna come back and describe more detail and we're gonna go back to the game and we're gonna go back to all this other stuff again so it's a lot of back and forth that makes it a little bit makes sense in like percy's mind because percy is being reintroduced to these people Mm-hmm. Like, he met Mr. Brunner and Dean Kyron. He met Mr. D, and then eventually he's going to meet his full name. Like, he saw Annabeth, and now he's really meeting her. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, the idea of, like, the... It's the idea of, like, the first time he saw um, Miss uh, Mrs. Dodds, where mm-hmm. he didn't see her until he saw her. So I like that everyone gets reintroduced. Like, the first time you see the characters through this like cloudiness where you can't see the whole truth and then later on you see them and you really understand who and what they are Mm -hmm. i guess it just makes it very hard for me to keep up with (laughs) we had such a good flow in the beginning and then like once again three pages ahead somehow (laughs) no idea what's going on anymore 
But um, so I guess now that I'm looking at you have too many notes, you I need don't... to be able to give some of them up. No, the problem is I had too few notes, so I skipped ahead to my next note. Oh, that's okay. I'm which good with that. ended up being on the wrong thing. Oh no, because now it's super off track and out of order and random. No, because so... no, we're we're at the line that she says is very very. Yes. Well, I did have one note before that that I skipped over oh, because okay, I was sorry. I'm so confused right now. But anyway, so. When Percy first sits down at the table next to Mr. D, he says that he scoots further away from this man because there's one thing he learned from living with Gabe is how to tell when an adult has been hitting the happy juice. And if Mr. D was stranger to alcohol, then Percy must be a satyr. So not only is he like aware of when someone has been drinking a lot, he also knows to stay away, physically away from them, which again going back to the way that he would have been treated when he was living in New York City with Gabe and Sally. It's like, clearly, there's some bad stuff going on. If as a 12-year-old, he is aware and able to pick up on those things without having seen any alcohol and knowing to be away from them. Yeah. But anyway, back to Annabeth. (laughs) So... I love the description of her eyes. Her gray eyes like strong clouds. Pretty but intimidating too. As if she was analyzing the best way to take me down to fight. Which, as we'll learn pretty quickly about her, that's exactly what she was doing probably in that moment. Are you looking at the snow outside? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> for, for, um, for reference, we're up in Ithaca right now at college, and mm-hmm. my dorm looks over Lake Cayuga, and it's like a very beautiful view. But like, whenever it snows or like the weather is bad, it just all I can see is like just white of like fog or snow or whatever. So like, when I can do get the view, I like really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of time in class like looking up the window. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. No, we had um, a pretty awful storm this week, so. It's been a great time. I fell this morning trying to go to laundry. (laughs) It was great. Anyway, so, and then she's looking at the Minotaur and Percy's hands, and he's like, yeah, she's going to think I'm super cool. I'm, like, the best ever. And then she says the line, you drool when you sleep. (laughs) Which is the best (laughs) line ever. I love it so much. Because he's thinking that, like, she's going to be really impressed because you know he's had no real knowledge of what's going on and he took out this creature and it's just immediately just taking him down a peg of like nope you're not as cool as you think you are and then she just dramatically sprints away runs away after that you drool when you sleep goodbye you're not worth my time yeah like there there was a mic drop in there honestly uh, um so they start playing Pinochle. Um, Percy tries to, like, ask Mr. Burner a question. Burner's like, eh, nope. yeah, no. <laughs> I'm just not going to answer the question. I'm just going to tell you that you're calling me the wrong name. Mm-hmm. Um, then Percy asks, like, oh, does Mr. D stand for something? And Mr. D just answers, we have young, na- young, uh, young man names are powerful things. And Percy's like, oh, okay. Cool. Um, Yep. And then Chiron, I love this, Chiron Bruner broke in and he says, I'm glad that you're alive. It's the first time in a long time that I've made a house call to a potential camper. And so clearly they're aware that Percy is very, very important. We don't know in what way yet, 
But for him to do something that's not traditional protocol, especially when there was already a satyr looking out for him, there's something very important about Percy. They had to keep this extra eye on him. It also sounds super stalkery. Like, you came to Yancey <laughs> just to teach me? Like, it's a little stalkery. Um, I mean, I guess if you want to put it that way. And then, so they keep playing Pinocchio, blah, 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 blah. No one's explaining parts of the rules. He's like, what the frick is going on? <laughs> um, Brenner, uh, no, not Brenner. Uh, Mr. D says that Pinocchio, along with gladiator fighting and Pac-Man, are the greatest games ever invented by humans. And I love that so much. It, that it was that collection of those three three Which, activities. I get gladiator fighting, like, the idea of it and whatever. But, like, I really love the idea that Pac-Man... Pac-Man. Um, because it is, like... I my, my cousin has, like, an old Sega, so I played it on that. And mm-hmm. I played it, like, at an arcade or, like, at, like, a Dave & Buster's where it's, like, you're playing on, like, the actual old thing. And it's cool. But the coolest experience I ever had with Pac-Man, which is really weird, was we were at, like, Dave & Buster's with my, for my one of my friend's birthday parties when I was younger. And my friend's mom was playing. And we were all watching her. And it was the most intense and incredible <laughs> thing ever. Like, she knew how to play, and she knew how to play. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, just... And that's what I think of whenever I think of, like, this glorious game of Pac-Man, of, like, how intense she looked and like how it was oh god it's so cool mm-hmm. i'm sorry no i also love that that is a theme that will keep up in the future as well of like mr d's love of pac-man yes um let's call it there all right so chiron like seems like he wants to help percy out at the same time he wants him to start thinking for himself in this matter and, like sort of put all the pieces together himself so he says personally which, which is stupid <laughs> Just help this I, poor boy out. Yeah, exactly. He knows nothing. Mm-hmm. He probably failed your class in uh, Yancey. Like, <laughs> he hasn't something here. So he says, Percy, did your mother tell you nothing? And so Percy's thinking back about what Sally said about his father and how he wanted Percy to go to this place and how she had thought about bringing him here, but she wanted to still like, keep him close to her for as long as she could. And then Mr. D... The jerk that this man is was like typical. That's how they usually get killed. <laughs> I'm just basically saying that Sally was playing with Percy's life. Like, how how dare you say anything about exactly. my girl Sally? She did her best. She did. Her she best. educated herself. Mm-hmm. She tried her best, and yeah, she did admit, you know, maybe I was selfish, and I should have given you back. Should have sent you to camp, but like she didn't. She did protect him while he was home. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like she was completely clueless. Like, as we said, like, she clearly had training on how to fight at least a few creatures. So. Um, And then, and then I love this part where Percy is, like, has all these questions he wants to know. And Kyron's like, you know what? We're not going to show you our (laughs) usual orientation film. I'm just going to explain everything to you in a very vague way. And, like, first of all. Let him watch the stupid orientation film. I desperately want to know what this film looks like. I'm, I'm picturing, like, um, Kyron. I'm picturing it was made in, like, the 70s, mm-hmm. and they haven't changed it since. <laughs> so it's just, like, Kyron with, like, you know, wearing 
Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like all this like hippie stuff. And, and like then, paper know, like, mache monsters in the arts and crafts cabin. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like some like son of a father who's like, hey dude, welcome to Camp Happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a son of the sun god. This means oh I'm god. double the sun. Maybe if we're lucky when the show comes out on Disney Plus, they'll have like an extra feature, which is just the orientation film. Here's <laughs> how fun that would be. And like, I, I, and I love the idea of the orientation film, and then they don't show Percy, which is like the stupidest thing I've yeah. ever could have answered. So, and they're like, no, we're just going to explain shit to you. Like, it's like our orientation film wouldn't be sufficient. It would be a start, though. Way better yeah, than what exactly. anyone has done so far. <laughs> it would give him a lot more information than what he has currently. And then he um, suddenly just drops on him, like, oh, by the way, the Greek gods, they're all alive. Isn't that cool? And then I, I love the fact that, and then Chiron, he's like explaining, and it's like, well, we don't know about like God capital G. Um, mm-hmm. We don't deal in the, we shan't deal with the metaphysical. <laughs> and then Percy says metaphysical, but we were just talking about which. I'm not saying Percy's an idiot, but does Rick really think that we're supposed to believe that Percy knows what the word metaphysical means? I think it's more like he's confused with the word, okay. and like metaphysical as in like something beyond people as mere humans. So in his mind, he's saying that God, capital G, and gods, as in Greek gods, are, like, on the same plane. And Chiron's saying, like, no, these are very different. Rick's like, we're not talking about religion. I'm not saying, like, Christianity is a lie. So we're just, we're making that very clear right now. This is a separate thing. Please don't try to burn all my books. (laughs) Anyone who's Um. reading so, but I also so love in the in the middle of this conversation, we get this little side note where Grover asks if he can have Mr. D's <laughs> Diet Coke can and just starts eating the aluminum, which made me start to wonder, right? So as we know, satyrs are half human, half goat. And the idea is that his top half is human, lower half is goat. But the human digestive system cannot handle shards of aluminum so all are all of his insides goat this is really bothering me i've never thought about this before but it's really bothering me right now i i need to know how is grover safely consuming this can <laughs> like getting down through his the road without causing issues maybe he's got like just super sharp teeth this is not even his teeth it's like it's like the the throat passageways getting down to your stomach how is the can not like just ripping that up like the human system is not built for that and the goat half apparently seems to start at like the waist region so more like the intestines but still got to get there first i mean it's not fully 50 50 because he has um corns that is true that is true and it's and it's it's not like he's half human he's a full satyr so his intestinal system is probably completely different than that yeah so so we're going with full goat intestines intestinal tract sure. is what i'm hearing okay i I can, I can live with that i can live with that <laughs> thank you for letting me go on this little side tangent <laughs> so you're, then, yeah. they keep percy's like i don't believe anything you're telling me despite this like weird amount of proof that you have um <laughs> she's just like i love that these very logical um, arguments you're making huh? no i don't care about any of them no. <laughs> and then so he explains like immortal means immortal 
Mm-hmm. That means never dying, never fading, existing, just as you are for all time. And Percy goes, it sounds like a pretty good deal, but the tone of Chiron's voice made him hesitate. Remember that. Remember, Remember that. this moment where Percy's like, yeah, that seems pretty chill. Think about how he thinks about immortality as, as we move on through this. And Percy's like a little pissed off at this point, so he decides to say, I don't believe in God. Which is like, <laughs> really, dude? Really? Really? This is what you're doing? Um, <laughs> and I love this because what makes him fully believe is when Mr. D makes a goblet of wine appear. Mm-hmm. Like, he's seen Grover's foot. He's seen his mother explode into a... He's seen Mrs. Dodds. He's He's seen Mrs. Dodds. The Minotaur. The Minotaur. um, The guy with a bunch of eyes. Tasted Mm -hmm. this weird stuff. He's seen his friend regularly eat aluminum. Yeah. (laughs) Like, clearly he saw that if it's in the book, because it's first person, so he saw Grover eat the can. (laughs) But no. it's, it's, It's the goblet appearing on the table. That's what, like, that's the final. I love how that's the final straw. Not the weird. This is where I draw the line. (laughs) This is where it is. (laughs) It's just, it's such a weird place to be like, okay, now I believe you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then (laughs) we finally find out why why Mrs. D, why (laughs) Mr. D is here Mm -hmm. because he offended his father a while back when his dad said a wood nymph was off limits and he was like oh she ain't off limits to me <laughs> um, <laughs> so gross and i loved it and then they imply they no, they don't imply they explicitly say that prohibition was because um <laughs> because mr d got in trouble punishing. yeah <laughs> like prohibition was a huge part of history and it was just like nah that's Mm-hmm. That was Zeus, like, making people abolish alcohol. Yeah. And it's like, and I, I love the fact that that was considered a punishment, but people were still making their own alcohol and drinking it. People find like, it. Like, you think that would be like, he'd be like, you know, actually, Prohibition was a really good time in a weird way, because, like, a lot of people made a lot of good stuff. <laughs> well, I remember in history class when I was learning about Prohibition, that fewer people were drinking alcohol but more alcohol was consumed than ever before yeah so it was fewer people drinking significantly more alcohol than in the past which is just i mean it's your life it's your choice but that's just that's that's baller move (laughs) which i love and it's like totally true like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i feel like he would have liked that more those are his people (laughs) because it's like oh now i found my people um they're the ones passed out in that arby's parking lot um (laughs) literally since then percy realizes that he's dionysus the literal god of wine (laughs) and then he's like wait you're a god which is just really really funny Mm-hmm. And then Mr. D's like, what do the children say these days, Grover? Duh. <laughs> um, and then you get this image where Percy really looks at mm-hmm. Dionysus for the first time. Mm-hmm. And instead of seeing what he looks like, he also sees visions of grapevines choking unbelievers to death, drunken warriors insane with battle lust. Sailors screaming as their hands turn to flippers, their faces long, the <laughs> of dogs now. 
I knew that if I pushed him, he would show me worse things. And see, I know this is very in my brain that leaves me wearing a straight jacket in a rubber room for the rest of my life. And I just love that imagery. Yeah. And that like you're only seeing a small extent of his power. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if you've ever read uh, American Gods by Neil Gaiman, but that was like a big part of it of like what you're seeing is not true. What you're seeing is only a fraction of the truth. And if you look closer, you will see more. Mm-hmm. But you can't look closer because then that will kill you. Yeah. But like, and that was like the constantness of it in the book where like the main character was looking at someone and he'd go, and I could hear that they were saying this word, but their lips were saying a different one. Or I could see that they were like this, but I could also see that they were like this. They were occupying the same space, the same place in space and time, but they were completely separate. Into, or be, it, it was a cool, it's a cool book, but I love that idea of Mr. D here of this, like, what you are seeing is not true. What you are seeing is only what you are supposed to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love how like intense this whole bit is, but just the bit about the dolphins just makes yeah, me laugh every time. The dolphins. Um, yep. And then, so things seem to be like ending with the game here with Chiron winning, and thankfully, Mister D doesn't vaporize him <laughs> for winning. And then. D pulls Grover off to talk about his less than perfect performance. Like, it's not no! Grover's, and it's not his fault. First off, Percy's there alive, so technically mission accomplished. Second, it would have all been fine and probably a lot faster and safer if Percy hadn't abandoned him back at yeah, the was, bus station. It's not Grover's fault. It's not Grover's fault. And I just feel so sad for him because he's he's doing his best. He's working so hard. <laughs> and then we get into this whole really philosophical talk between Chiron and Percy about what Western civilization. Yeah, about civilization and what does it mean to be like the source of like life or like Western civilization, like and how we think of things like the America like America and like Western. Which I, I do love how like it's um America is now the heart of the flame mm-hmm. and that's such like an american way of thinking about it like we're now the center of the world <laughs> yeah honestly um which i just think is so <laughs> self-centered of us yeah so true the way we think mm-hmm. um and i mean it's also like rick's an american author so he wrote this american America, based, yeah. so we had to move the gods here yeah um mm-hmm. but it's very but true it in the sense that funny. there is a lot of like allusion to Greek mythology, like all throughout this country, as far as like our architecture, our, our statues, like like it even says in the book, our the symbol of this country is an eagle, which is the symbol of Zeus. Like there is a lot of references to that whole world and era, like within there, this country. There's a statue of Atlas in New York City, and mm-hmm. it says there's a statue of Prometheus at Rockefeller Center. Yeah, I don't remember that one. How do you I know not, the statue of Atlas? That, that is iconic. How do you not know that? No, because when I think, I think of the one of Atlas carrying the whole world on his shoulders. Mm. I don't know why I'm Clearly, we need to go visit New York City sometime. Or I could also we look do. it up. I could also just look it up on Google and show it to you. That would be yeah. a lot easier. <laughs> and, like, I, I do love how he mentions, though, that the at the very beginning, the heart of the flame moved to Rome, and so did the gods. Oh, different names, perhaps, Jupiter, mm-hmm. Zeus, Venus, Aphrodite, and so on, but the same force of the same gods, which comes back, if you know anything about the series, but it's just very interesting about, like, 
We get that so much. Like there. first they went here, and then they went to Germany, and then they went to France, to Spain. Um, they were census few centuries in England. All you mm-hmm. need to do is look at the architecture. Which architecture? Um, people do not forget mm-hmm. the gods, mm-hmm. and it's very interesting because, like, we in a weird way, we still and I um, most of the stuff I know about the gods is because of reading First Jackson. But like, I watched a Jeopardy a while ago, and the final Jeopardy answer was uh, Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. There was like a category in Jeopardy a while ago about Greek mythology. And like it's it's still it's not a huge part of our lives, but I'm taking a medieval art class and oh I did about, that that was fun yeah and we talk <laughs> about like mythology because like the art reflects on that mm-hmm. and like um and that's uh, always really cool um and those images even years and years later we still they're not a part of our lives but we still know them mm-hmm. yeah and so then. Percy's thinking about all of this, and clearly the way Chiron's talking about it, he somehow has a place in all this. He says that Chiron says we as if I were some part of some sort of club. And he asks and I love how hmm? I love how Percy says club instead of cult. Yeah. Clearly, this is a cult. <laughs> it is definitely a cult. And then he asks once again, it's an all-important question, who am I? And Kyron's like, uh, who are you? Isn't that what we all want to know? Why don't we just ignore all of this for now? Go meet some people. Just forget about this part for a second. And I just, I know he's probably trying to not fully show his hand. Like, I think it would be like a disservice to Kyron's intelligence to say that he doesn't really know who Percy is at this point. I think he has theories. Yeah, and I think he doesn't want to, like, offend the gods if he, like, says what he's thinking and ends up not being true. But I feel pretty confident that he, he knows exactly. Or yeah. I think the worst thing is if he says what he's thinking and it turns out to be true. Yeah, yeah, because, like, as we'll learn later, like, it is definitely an issue. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, and then... So add that to okay, the tracker. Now, before, we get into, before we get into the last thing that happens, mm-hmm. the very last thing yeah. that happens. But, okay... Percy's very surprised about what happens next, which I find very weird because I'm assuming because he paid attention to that class and because he studied and because the very last one of the things he talked about studying was Charon and Chiron. Yeah, he's like, how am I ever going to keep them apart? Yeah, but he should know. He should know. Chiron Chiron isn't a dude in a wheelchair, you say. Well, I think he's he's, he's the centaur. (laughs) Yeah. I think that still Percy is not fully buying in and believing what's going on around him, which is why he is like so shocked. He's like, I still like I'm seeing it, but it's still just way, way too much for me to comprehend in this moment. But yeah, yeah. so Chiron steps out of the wheelchair and he is a pretty cool looking centaur. <laughs> which I, I, I love him that Percy is like, mm-hmm. What the heck? Like he should he he didn't fail that class, I hope. And I, I love the idea of Kyron having to teach about himself. Mm-hmm. Um and I imagine he's yeah, just laughing to himself the whole time, like they have no idea. <laughs> and they And I love the fact that he has his wheelchair. Like I'm assuming it was built by like Hephaestus or a son of Hephaestus mm-hmm. or a daughter of Hephaestus. Um But I just love that he has this wheelchair. And then and so Percy's, Percy's shocked, like, and he's like, oh, that was great. 
I'm just gonna let's let's move on from this. We're not gonna address this at all. Let's just and, move on to go meet some people. And then Kyron is described as a huge white stallion, mm-hmm. which even though I know he's a white stallion, I always picture him being like a dark chestnut color in my mind. Is that because that's how the movies portrayed him? No, no, no. That was always <laughs> in my mind that he was like a dark chestnut color. Because mm-hmm. I picture him like having like um like salt and pepper hair and like yeah. his hair matching his fur. Mm. I guess so that I think makes horses have hair also. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, he's just it's like, yep, that what a relief. Let's not address this. And Percy, let, let's go meet some people. <laughs> it's giving him no time to really process anything that he just learned. Yeah. Like we're his, just gonna we're just gonna go. His entire understanding of reality has been changed and just whatever. You'll 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 catch up eventually. Let's move on. Let's go find out where you're gonna sleep. <laughs> so that was chapter five. I that think was chapter five. It, we got a lot of information, infinitely like more where, questions. Yeah, but this is like where you start to learn mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, um, like everything doesn't kickstart the plot, but you get to like the main location that becomes a key center point for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. You are finally at Camp Half Blood, and you finally have met some of these people who play such important roles in the rest of the novel yeah and so many things have been going on that percy and we as the readers don't really understand what all the connections are and now it's finally all coming together and we can start to understand a little bit more of like what's happening i'm sorry did you hear my siri yes i did hear your siri i thought you were like i don't know and you also threw a pen at your computer i have like one pen that like won't like tighten for some reason and whenever it hits a certain point it'll just like open again so like sometimes it just like randomly explodes uh, awesome yeah um but anyway it's, it's all starting to come together it's all starting to come together Woo. okay um so next it's time be, it's it's gonna be awesome yeah next chapter oh next chapter i become supreme lord of the bathroom i become supreme lord of the bathroom <laughs> truly i think one of the best chapter titles I would say it's top top two. I uh, we do we do, but they're all they're all just so good. They're so good. It's what really like sold this series. Like the first time I picked up the book and I opened the chapter title page, I'm like, well, this is gonna be a fun time. (laughs) It is. Well, thank you so much for listening, everybody. It's been great. We'll see you guys next week. everyone, it's Lachlan again. Thanks for listening to another episode of We Accidentally Vaporized Our Podcast. Lauren told me to tell you to follow our one and only social media account at Accidentally Vaporized Pod on Instagram to get updates about when we post a new episode, to learn more about Lauren and I, and anything else we might come up with. See you there soon.